Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Phil Tiger. Hi Slackers, hope you're all good. My God, you're so radiant today. You're glowing, you're absolutely glowing. Um, As are we at the the Slacker podcast, it's the Royal We. I don't know why I like, talk about the podcast. I do this all the time. Where I'm like, us here at the Slacker podcast, <laughs> the Slacker podcast, I'm literally the CEO and the chimney sweep. I'm the bottom and the top of the organization. But I counted today, right? I was like, we have released so many podcasts this year, like more than I think we've ever done before. We are, what, we're not even, we're halfway through September and we've done 27 podcasts this year, including the new Slacker Friends podcasts that are um, going up on the podcast platforms and on the uh, the YouTube, uh, the Slacker Phil YouTube channel as well, which I'm putting clips off the normal podcast up there too. And just trying loads of different different things out. I'm, I'm really proud of uh, where the Slacker podcast is in comparison to maybe where it was a, a year ago. Um, loads of exclusive stuff that we're putting up on the, the Patreon for the Slacker podcast as well. We've leveled up the content there big time. Guests have got bigger. We've gone weekly. And to help sustain that amount of content and help it level up more and uh, sort of like put your own little stamp on it and become part of the Slacker community, you can go to patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast and you can go and you can support your favorite content for two dollars a month. What's that? Like a pound fifty? Like I don't even know what you can buy for a pound fifty. I bought like a Twix yesterday and it was like a pound ten. So like for the price of a Twix a month, <laughs> there you go. Um so yeah, I've put a couple of playlists. I um some extra fun bonus stuff up there. Um, loads of questions, lots of com- like community chat things that happen on the on the Slacker Patreon. So big up to that. This week's podcast is from three sisters from LA, and uh, we recorded this back in June. I think it was like two days after my birthday, and we just had such a good time talking. Like I I love the the sisters from home at the best of times, but they were such a 
a real like dart through the darkness of of the middle of lockdown and you you'll just hear that through the conversation like it's a it's a good long one i've actually edited this down this was really like, probably one of the longest podcasts that we've ever done to this date um so i'm gonna let, play this in right now because you can probably hear my dog barking in the background so i'm gonna go and tend to little rebel the dog this is the stacker podcast with heim in three two one We got Esty, we got Danielle, we got Alana, we got Heim. Heim time. Hey, Heim time. <laughs> time. It is it is Heim time on the Slacker podcast. And yeah, we've got we've got Yzol. How you doing? He's well. Good. You know. What time is it for you? It, taking it day by day. It's ten past six on Friday evening. Like this is like the last non-alcoholic drink that I will have today. I will I know, I was gonna ask you what's in Wait, your what cup? Yeah, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a, a, a cup of tea. Um, Me too. PG tips. Is it proper tea? Because I saw. Did you see that video going around of like the this American woman like teaching people how to make hot tea, oh. and she just no. pour, pours a load of milk and puts a tea bag into the milk and puts it in the microwave, and everybody over here has lost their shit. Going, what are you doing? What are you actually <laughs> doing? That is not how you make tea. Like that's enough. Affor- Instead of water, she just used milk? Yeah, I don't know. In a I'm Irish. Like, it was an affront to my heritage. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> Honestly, I will, I will wear that. We don't know how to make tea. That's I'm fine. not going to explain how I make tea because I feel like I'm going to I'm I'm going to say something wrong. But it's fine. I'm like I I'm like Irish or like we have like nine, ten cups of tea a day. Your granny will go like go make a cup of tea, this, that and the other. It, it's it's in our heritage. It's not. But like, you know, I wouldn't teach you how to make chicken soup. Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 you guys know how to do that better you know than anybody. You probably could. I'm no, you probably could. <laughs> you have probably you been cooking could. A lot? Have you been cooking a lot during this time? I have. I, I, I started off really good, and I was like losing loads of weight and cooking really well and exercising. And the more I got used to it, the more I fallen into my old ways again. What about you guys? Yeah, I feel you. I feel I'm you. like an awful cook. I'm really bad at cooking. Like, I am just. I, I don't know how to do anything. I've been only eating like, and I also like, I, I eat cereal in a red solo cup because I don't like doing dishes <laughs> and I have like, that's such pieces. Yeah. Alana's a college student. Alana's I like just, literally yeah, like an 18 year old college boy. This is like my uni years. Like mm-hmm. my first year at uni is like, I only eat like cereal out of a cup. I eat grilled cheese, I eat quesadillas and like that's, it's a it's a wonder that my my body hasn't collapsed on itself. That is okay. some, some I don't strong think I'm not a vegetable. I'm uh, a vegetable. <laughs> That's some strong divorced dad energy that you've got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys are you guys together? Or are you, are you apart? Are you, are you allowed to see each other? Do you miss each other? What's what's going on? I yeah no we're I mean I feel like people uh are shocked when they find out that we're not you've got independent lives (laughs) yeah don't live together in like bunk beds like a three-pronged bunk bed like I don't go to sleep and go like night guys like no we don't we don't know I'm 28 years old I need to have my own (laughs) yeah this isn't like the royal tenenbaums you know but Uh, this must be the longest that you've gone without seeing each other right yeah, I mean, we well, we came home. We we had a we played uh, Jimmy Fallon in New York in March. 
right before quarantine happened. We didn't really know. I mean, we were like everybody else and we didn't know what was going to happen. And the next, you know, there was like talk of quarantine. No one knew. We were like, is that really going to happen? We don't know. So we went to New York. Uh, and then I think for, we were about to go on this deli tour, which was like so exciting. Like playing, us playing in delis is like, two worlds that like we never thought we could combine and then we combined them and it was honestly we, it was take, to it, we take to it like a fish to water mm. so and we played like Chaim and delis are synonymous at this point yeah. and so we played a deli in new york and then we went to dc and played a bagel shop um and then literally that night it was like quarantine is happening and we were all the way in dc and it was like and new york is like there's um, like so many cases in New York and we were like, oh my gosh. And we, and Essie's a type one diabetic. So like all these reports were coming out as like type one diabetics are like them, like keep them in a plastic bubble. Yeah, like, like let's protect them at all like, costs. Bubble boy, like bubble boy status, like keep them in a, like keep a type one diabetic in a plastic bubble. I looked and, up plastic bubbles on Amazon the second I got home. You should That's- have. You could probably buy one of Wayne Coyne from Flame and Lips. He's probably got loads. I know. Like they're like in a, in a storage unit somewhere like in Nashville or something. Yeah. I I looked into it though. Honestly, I was like, is this my life now? You're the the girl in the bubble. Like it must that must have been a nervy flight back to LA. It was there wasn't like studies saying like you should wear masks yet. It wasn't even a thing. Like people weren't wearing no one was wearing masks. Um, and so we came home and we were like immediately like we all need to go into our separate houses and not see each other. So we didn't see each other for like a month and a half. We were like really crazy. The we first could... day of quarantine was my birthday. Yeah, oh my birthday was the first day of quarantine. Like Alana said, every news report that was coming out, it was like, if you're a type one diabetic, you're fucked. I'm like, okay. sorry. Can we swear? Because we've you had can a swear, bad. You can swear as much as you we've want. We've had a bad uh, history with you swearing. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, the first the first time I was on Radio One, the first week, um, the lovely lovely people from Heim swore and got me into shit. And then Sam Wilson, who was the journalist, wrote it up in the Guardian and um. To, called me flustered radio one dj phil taggart and then i ended up living with sam like about a year later i was living with him and i was like sam do you remember me writing that and he was just like yeah so what i'd do it again <laughs> I was like, all right fair enough fair play no you can swear as much as you want like i, I i'm the boss of this one i can i can't fire myself there's nobody else to do the job okay just making sure i don't i don't i really don't want to get you in trouble again no 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 really, we're like the biggest sketch comedy fans but we i don't know if S- snl doesn't really doesn't is is like isn't show, like isn't showed in the uk right it you can get it like i think like i i'm i've got a love-hate relationship with it like there's there's certain eras of it that i really like and there's certain eras eras of it yeah. that i'm not mad into but when when it's funny it's unbeatable but when it's like lame you're just like i mean sketch comedy by its very era by its very definition is like 50 50 like you'll like half them you'll not like half them well sure. our favorite, i mean we again also do have eras of snl that we love like our favorite i think my i, I always go back to there i love all i always love like gilda radner like all, that, that's like, my favorite people. era mm. but like my full favorite era is like maya rudolph molly shannon sherry o'terry anna gas anna gas like the the, the like, 
the queens were like the queens of sketch comedy were on SNL. Like it, it doesn't. Kills me. I've been going down a rabbit hole of watching Maya Rudolph play Beyonce, and it's the funniest. <laughs> I like fly and like Donatella Versace. Yeah, like, it's so funny. It's just so hilarious. So spot on. She's so fucking funny. I yeah. I, I missed out on so much. Um, so many like amazing comedy movies because like I was like su- such a like a such a boy as like you know growing up like when when like mean girls came out i was like i'm not watching that that's a chick flick screw that and i watched oh, it like again no. for the second yeah, i know i know but this is just me being a, a, a young dick great. i know but like I, like I was just like a typical sort of oh I, i'm not watching rom-com because i hate rom-coms right but I, like so i thought oh it's just gonna be a rom-com and i watched it like two weeks ago and i think it's probably the fun like the most i've laughed at any movie oh yeah in exactly. forever like there's there's a bit in it when like the the they're in the the girls' bathrooms and the guys in there as well and they're chatting and some the woman goes hey get out of here and the, the big guy's like oh my god it's Danny DeVito I love your work and just chases her out of the toilet I was in stitches laughing at that for ages Tina Fey also Tina Fey another yeah. queen of sketch comedy yeah. from SNL she's so funny I mean like all these women that were so fucking hilarious I mean and really growing up like they actually made me feel like it was like cool to be the funny girl because I was always the funny girl growing up like trying to make people laugh um and they like made me feel like it was like cool to do that like you're not the weird girl that's trying to make people laugh and like falling for no reason to make people laugh do you do you- we love Pratt falls in this family we think <laughs> Pratt falls really fucking funny have it you, doesn't take a lot to make us laugh have you ever have you ever like written or performed stuff like that i mean you're all pretty creative like that anyway like have you ever like thought about do, doing that like maybe writing your own stuff i'm too nervous the thing is is like for my friends like me, me being funny in front of like friends is like just fun but like the thought of like i don't know how stand-up comedians do it like, no i, I couldn't do it i couldn't do that how like you ha- it's just I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do I that. Did, I care. did do improv theater. Well, first of all, I'm a theater kid. Like I'm fully, kid. fully like embrace my, my inner and outer theater kid. Full on jazz hands. Are we talking here? <laughs> all of it. All of it. Mm. I mean, I think growing up, I just wanted attention and I, and I still want attention. I hear you. Um, I, but um, I think that I, I found, I found that the people that, you know, I found people that were like me that like loved musicals and loved like, you know, movies and theater. I'm from like a really young age. I remember just wanting to like have a spotlight on me and perform that's never really stopped it's it's kind of worked out pretty good for you i think like in in that regard why do you you think danielle's so quiet yeah because i literally like i anytime danielle got any attention i was so upset Typical sister shit. I like there's 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 like home videos of my dad like you know like at you know dance recitals or whatever or even just like day in the life of like like Danielle and and SD Haim at like three and six 
And my dad going to me and like being like, how old are you? What year is it? And me saying it and then going to Danielle and asking her and me literally going, I'm not finished yet. I mean, what can you add to that? <laughs> and the pre- right. the president is X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I literally, I could not handle, I couldn't handle Danielle getting any, like any attention. And then on top of that, there's also an infamous Heim family video where it's the day that Alana was born. And at the hospital, there's like a wind, like in the maternity ward, there's a, like a window where like you can see the mother and the baby and like you, without going inside. And me and Danielle are like peeking over. There's like a bench, like we're peeking over into the, into the window and like whispering to each other and giggling, <laughs> like laughing, like, like two like little scheming, like children. And my dad is like, what are you laughing about? What's so funny? And I like deadpan to the camera. And I was like, I just told Danielle that shit's about to change. And my dad, all you see is my dad, like, dropping the camera and being like, and, like, yelling at me, like, I, that I can't say shit at six years old. Like, where are you hearing these words from? And, of course, I was like, I hear them from you. From MPV. I hear them from MPV. I hear them from you. Does, has, that, has that relationship, what? like, has that relationship, um kept going like i mean like when when it comes to like creating now is there like power struggles in the in the rehearsal room oh not really i mean look again we're not the partridge family we do fight like i'm not like we're not like a like a family sitcom we do fight we're also sisters like we're just your if you have do you have a sibling i've got a younger sister and she yeah like we we used to fight like yeah so much kids love each other yeah uh but honestly i really it's fucking sounds so cheesy but i will say that like when it comes to music we really don't we don't bicker that much when it comes to music because we have the same we have the same brain or ears you have the same dna everything else but (laughs) we have the same dna um but honestly like other shit like i mean when you're on like a tour bus for a year you're and you're in such close quarters you're bound to have a, a couple meltdowns of like <laughs> i've played in bands before like i mean i played 10 years in a band right and like they, those guys are my brothers and they were the best men at my wedding and things like that oh. but, but but i mean like we did shorters and we never did like anything too long because um there was an underwhelming lack of interest um oh. and, <laughs> <laughs> um and we used to kick the shit out of each other like i mean like li- quite literally we would get so fed up with each other that we would stop and just start punching each other in the face but that, and that was kind of like that was yeah, fine because not, afterwards not we were like ah oh, my god <laughs> Yeah, you get it out, and that's healthy. I mean, we never got, we were never like physical fighters. It was more just like with our words. Yeah, I but, know. Uh, so I think, like growing up, I think our parents did a really good job of like teaching us, like, listen, when Esty's in a mood, like, let her chill. Yeah. Like, but also, like, me and, me and Danielle had to be nice to Esty because, I mean, for, this is one reason. Well, this is not the only reason why we had to be nice to Essie, but Essie turned 16 and got her license and we needed to fucking get her to drive us places. Oh, yeah. so they, they, weren't nice to me. they weren't nice to me. I wasn't, you know, going to take them out. 
Yeah. You know, so take them out of the valley for a minute. The good what, news is that by that time, like around, I think there was like a shift right around the time that I got my license and I would, you know, I'd get to take the family car and drive out of the valley and go see live music. And I think that's also to Alana's point, why we don't really argue when it comes to like the music, because we grew up listening to the same shit and thinking that the same shit was cool. And, a and lot, so like, a lot of that, sorry? Com- a lot of that comes from like cruising in a car. Like, I think that's probably one of the best places to listen to music and connect together. Really. Oh yeah. And growing up in LA, that was kind of our, you know, like the proximity of the Valley to places like Silver Lake and, you know, the Hollywood Strip, it's not that far proximity wise, but I think growing up in the Valley, it feels like it's eons and like eons away. Like it's so far away, but it's not. I've always kind of wondered about like growing up in LA and you guys grew, grew up in San Fernando um and, and, and we're, yeah and we're we're all like we're all roughly about the same age and i was always thinking like you know it must be like the oc like your no. life your life like no. must be like the oc i no, just absolutely I, I, I come i come from such a like a, a rural part of ireland which is disconnected to pretty much the whole world um so anybody that was born in la automatically had like massively rich parents and they all lived in mansions and that they were all like screwing no. each other's friends no, and girlfriends no. it was like dawson's creek meets the oc <laughs> no the oc stands for orange county which is like what two hours away from where we yeah. live but i just thought like that american teenagers that that was their life because that was what was fed into me like when you watched like american pie and scream and home alone and things like that right they all of their houses are like double mansions with like oh, you're yeah. like going who, who are these yeah. people what do their parents do that was not our upbringing <laughs> we no, watched no. those same movies and we're like oh my god like where is that? Like, who are these people? We grew up in like, like San Fern- I'm trying to think what like the equivalent would like the San Fernando Valley is like, it's a suburb. It's a, it's a burb. It's mm. like, you know, Also, as- to be fair, like all the fucking high school parties that were on the OC, like where the fuck, who was getting them all that alcohol? Like <laughs> that doesn't, no, that the like does first, like, The first like fucking five hours of my night in high school was trying to figure out how to get like one beer. Like, I don't understand how they have, like, kegs of beer. Like, I was always like, who is getting them all this alcohol? I have no idea. Like, I, we were lucky if I had, like, like a shot glass of vodka for, like, 17 people. Like, everyone take, like, a little dropper and, like, take put it on your tongue because you only have one shot of vodka. Like, there was no way. I, I was always, like, I mean, the OC came out when I was right about, like, I think it was, it was before. I think I was in middle school so i think it's like before i went to high school and i was like whoa high school schemes life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So tight. And then you get to high school and you're like, this is, I have no idea. Like, what? How is this even happening? What? How does everyone have enough money to get red solo cut? Like, definitely not at our high school. No. We, like, we, went to, we went to, like, a public... Do you know, like, do you know, like, the movie Fame? Yeah. One of my favorites. Oh. Really? <laughs> no. Incredible stuff. Not really, but I know what it's, I know what it's about. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I, love, I mean, I... So, I grew up watching that movie, and that's what I... That's what I thought... I was like, that's what I want my high school experience to be, right? Other, like... Like... The, the, some of the plot lines, not so much, but I was like, that's what Essie I like. wanted to walk down the halls of her high school and be, and yeah. be like, you can sing and dance. That's yeah, what yeah. she, that was my, and listen, and I found it. I found the sister school of La LaGuardia school in LA and you had to audition. Like it was a hundred percent on merit. And I auditioned, I was, I auditioned for the theater department and I got in. And I think everyone in my family was like, there's no way this bitch is going to get in. And then once I got in, I was like, well, looks like this is where I'm going to school. <laughs> yeah. And, and me, me and Danielle just wanted to copy Essie, but we were in the music department. We weren't in the yeah, theater they, department. Danielle yeah. Lana were in the music department. I like, and so our party, like we didn't have time even really. Like the only time we had like time to party was like a cast party. Like a rap, like a rap party, like a rap party. Yeah. From like a show that we did, like those were the only, you know, we didn't have sports teams at our school. There was no cheerleader. There was no, like, it was literally like, like I took dance class for physical education, which was amazing. I, mean, I was super talk about jazz hands. <laughs> the, we like in our school, it was quite jockey and it was quite like sports. Like everything oh, yeah. in my school we was had sports. None of that. Yeah, no, we, had, we had none of that. But they, they I, one time a year, not to like call out like not to call out my high school. I think there was like the one thing. The one thing that we had was like someone tried to make an ultimate frisbee team my year. Oh my God. There was like a group of people that like really wanted to start like an ultimate frisbee league. And I think that lasted like 10 minutes. Yeah. Sorry guys. There's a bass solo happening over there. I'm just going to go over and watch it. (laughs) Um, Or like someone miming. Someone's having Some like a mime frisbee. Off. It yeah. was a mime ultimate frisbee game. Yeah. Guys, you want to come into my club? You can't come in. Stay there. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's. You can't really mime over a podcast. Yeah. But everybody who, like, 
you know, a lot of people will ask you going like, you know, you've, your, your, your parents are into music and you must have taken them after them like that. But you're talking about how not into sport you were, but you're, yet your dad was like a proper pro footballer. Yeah, and his yeah, big disappointment yeah. was having three uncoordinated daughters. Well, the thing is, at this, I, I'm going to say this, and I, this is the truest thing of this family. Like, I was the footballer of my family. Like, it's true. I'll I, give it to Alana. I was so obsessed with football. I won't tell you what my team is because that is not. We're not going there. No. Oh, play. No, like, not, is it an trap, English Premier League trap, team? Trap. Trap, trap, trap. No. You don't oh, like, you won't listen. You won't lose fans. You won't lose fans. People aren't that no, fickle. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing it. SC, the thing that was so annoying about this whole thing with Essie, when she was Essie, how old were you when dad tried to put six. you in soccer? Six. six. So Essie was six, and my dad was like, My daughter is gonna play soccer. Like we have this, we have this uh league called like AYSO, which is like you don't have to like be good you just like I think pay like 20 bucks and then you get put on a team um and SD like my dad I think was like so excited to have like SD play football and like her first game SD was like the like the quint like doing the opposite of what you should do she was like picking flowers on the field she was just like pirouette like the ball like the ball was like all the way on the other side of the field she was just like in like talking to the goalie being like what's what's happening what's going on like let's have a chat like no it's fine what's your favorite smell yeah my dad was mortified like mortified like oh my gosh like this is great like my like she didn't get the football such a disappointment and then i came along and i always was obsessed obsessed with football and i remember coming to my dad being like dad like i really i really want to join ayso like i really want to play and my dad was like i learned from sc like you're gonna train before you go yes and play soccer play football and i trained for like five years with my, my dad trained me for like five years before I could join a team that you don't even have to be good. You have, you don't have to have any skills. It's literally wow. Like, that's why your dad's a professional. That's why your dad was a professional <laughs> footballer. And think of it, if you had kept on going, like, cause the, the, the States, like the U S are the best women's uh, football team in the world. Yeah, and they have been for I a long, know. long time. If you had kept going, you probably could be a world cup winner at this stage. I mean, I wasn't that great. I mean, I hope that if I actually continued, I was pretty good. I mean, I, my dad wanted me to be, my dad's position was center mid and my dad wanted me to be center mid. I loved being defense. That was like my. Nobody vibe. loves defense. Um, <laughs> I love defense. Are you kidding me? Defense. I'm not a great runner. I have to be honest with yeah. you. Defense. Chill. No. You have to be aggressive because you're trying. You're getting that ball out of there. You have to be aggressive, but you don't have to run that much. But my dad made me be center mid for like didn't make me, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna be center mid. I tried it for like four games, and the amount of running that I had to do, I was like, there's no way Did- I, can't. I can't. Our dad was like, we had to sneak like watch it like MT like MTV Real World was like. Did you guys have that? Did you guys have the I don't think so. I didn't have like you've got like terrestrial TV over here, so it's like BBC One, Two, Channel Four, and ITV. I grew up with that, so I didn't have like a satellite dish. So I only had like six channels oh, or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. That. Well, so did we? Like, we didn't have. We didn't really have cable until I think I was in high school, and then I like I got. I basically had a friend that was like, have you been watching the real world? And I was like, what's that? 
<laughs> and I watched the first episode of Real World Hawaii. And it was just a bunch of like, like 20 year olds jumping in a pool naked the first day they meet each other. And I so was this like, is like, this is OG reality TV. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it, when did the real world start? It started in like the 90s and like, like 91. Yeah, yeah, we had we had Big Brother. Like Big Brother was our OG yeah. reality kind of like TV. Big Brother. It's kind of like Big Brother, but it's literally like they put eight strangers in a house and then just say go. The thing that's so funny about the real world watching it, like when I when I was watching it, I remember thinking that like all the people on it were like so like like the, they were grown ups. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, this is what being a grown up is like. It's so wrong, like. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy, like this like just watching them and like now like if i was on the real world now i'd be like the weird spinster old like <laughs> <laughs> be like whoa you're super old and i'm 28 and i like still feel like have, have you ever like contemplated what love island oh my god I, i've been watching i mean like everybody i've been watching love island during quarantine and the funniest part about like watching love island is if i actually went on love island i would be like the oldest person by far on love island like everyone's like 20 yes on that show i want to be on the island i want to go on the island but i have to come to terms with the fact that if i was on the island i would be the like i would be like the mother of the house like they'd be like (laughs) we look up to you in in your old age you guys could be such a novelty booking in about like 20 years time 30 years time when they like they'll be like and we've got three sisters coming in at the same time <laughs> like into like big brother or something that would be wicked i don't know if i could hang yeah it would be it, like you could pay you could pay an absolute fortune why did you think jackie stallone went and did celebrity big brother just for the crack like i think i think she did it for the benjamins like yeah like i wrote i wrote down so many questions and we're talking about stuff that's way more fun <laughs> than, than anything i've remotely asked about um yeah, do you know I I like had a question because like obviously like in like two thousand and twelve, that that drum beat came in. Um, that's like my first memory of 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 your band was like hit and play, and it was and I can't do it because the the drum beat's off beat. It's like or whatever it is. It's like the, the start of the start of forever. Yeah. Yeah, and I still can't I still can't do it. Like I was actually sitting here about two minutes before uh we were meant to chat and i was trying to get it i was just going um and it was forever like and i i was obsessed with that song and it was the first time i'd ever heard it and i remember walking around singing it and i was like that's a good sign like this is obviously something that's gonna stick and it was like hey you do you remember me i was like right okay this is wicked um but obviously like you know there's so much like leading up to that point like you 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 don't know where you've come from beforehand. You're like basically sister aliens that have landed uh, on planet Earth, and this is this is where you start. But surely, you, you, like you must have like had so much like hardship getting to that point, or so much fun, so much like left turns and right turns. I kind of wanted to like like know what they 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 were, like what the what the moments were to get you to that point. Yeah. I mean- there, the biggest I, surprise, I think the biggest surprise for our whole career was that we were being played in the UK before anyone knew who we were in the US. Like it was a crazy when we were when we heard we were being played on the radio, 
We were like, we were what? playing. Well, we were getting like played on XFM. I think Marion Hobbs played us first. We were literally playing to, to like people. to two people in LA, like opening up just for our friends. So we were like, what the fuck? We're getting played on the radio in the UK. Meanwhile, like we can't get our shit together in the US. <laughs> that happens yeah. so, yeah. so often though. Like, I mean, it was the same with the Strokes, it was the same with the Killers. Um, I mean, like, Band, American bands do better by breaking here and then going back. It's such well, a honestly, weird, fucked like, up system. Like, no, it's crazy. Like, I mean, talk about the Strokes. Like, I think one of the biggest breakthroughs of our band was when I got offered to to be in Julian's band um, when he was doing his solo project. And at that point, we had been high. This was in two thousand ten. Yeah. So at that point, we had been high for three years again, playing to like three people, like a couple times a month. We'd we'd book gigs and we would just play wherever we could play. We just wanted to play. We wanted to play. We wanted to play. And didn't have like we didn't even know what a manager was. Like didn't have any sort of rep- representation. We were just like literally on MySpace, like asking, like looking yeah. for bands. Like, can we open for you? Can like when you, you play the Troubadour. Or- can we open for you when you play the Echo, you know, whatever? Like, can, can you tell me when, like, lo- who those acts were that you were, like, messaging? I mean, the um, crazy the one was Lupins. the, the Remus Lupins, which were, like, a Harry Potter band. <laughs> which was crazy because, like, when we opened up, first of all, we were first of three. We weren't even, like, right before the Remus Lupins. No. Like, we were, like, the opener for the opener of a Harry Potter band. Um, <laughs> but, like, the amount of, like, slutty Hermione and costumes. And it's not, it like, wasn't like they were just called the Remus Lupins and wrote songs about, you know, love. or It was literally songs about Harry Potter. Wow, that's yeah. so, and so nerdy. Came, people came to the gig in Harry Potter Cost- outfits. Cost- yeah. Cost- yeah. and wands and wands and we were like hi we're high and they were like what like we had nothing to yeah. do with harry potter they were like what is what is happening right now is that uh, is that like a house that i'm not aware of i am behind house but yeah and then yeah, but- heard i mean and then like i mean yeah do go for it after yeah and then i think you know when i got i started playing around I was in um, this guy, Michael Runyon's band, and he got an offer to open for Jenny Lewis on tour. So I was like, I want to do that. So we, I hopped in the van and we went on tour with Jenny Lewis. And then Jenny, I got to know Jenny a little bit. And when it came time for her to tour again, she asked me to actually be in her band. So I was like, uh, sure, great. Quit my job, like went on tour with her for a year. And then when Julian was looking for his band, cause he was starting his solo project, he had the same manager as Jenny. And he asked me to be part of his band, which was like Jenny Lewis and Julian, like Ryle Kylie and the Strokes, like for us growing up, like one of our, like two of our favorite bands. Yeah, totally. So after that, I kind of started to, first of all, I toured the world with both of them. And I got to, I got to go to the UK for the first time because of Julian. And uh, I think we played Brixton. And it was like fucking insane. I remember like just being so like excited. And like Julian also was like a beetle. Like we would like walk down the street and people would be like, Julian, like freaking out yeah he's so instantly recognizable like i used to have like a military yeah. jacket that he wore in a photo shoot once oh, and, like yeah. I, I had i had that I one i had the same one <laughs> yeah i had the same one <laughs> um 
but yeah, so like after that, I, I kind of understood a little bit like, okay, like we need to get a manager. Like, what are we fucking doing? Like, you know, and I think, and we didn't just like get one. We actually met, uh, when we were opening for our friends at the Troubadour. We found our first manager and, and then from there it was super organic and, uh, sorry, Giselle's dog hates FaceTime. <laughs> it's fine. I've got FaceTime. mine here too. She actually, she hates FaceTime. She 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 also loves attention. <laughs> She's the nasty dog. Call her Call her But yeah, but yeah I, I mean, it was like it was seven years of just grinding in LA, and then until we released that EP, which we didn't fucking know what was going to happen, and then Marion Hobbs like heard it and started playing it on xfm and we weren't signed like it had just kind of all happened from there did you like have that normal thing that happens with so many bands where you go through like you have like a, a real like everybody's every band's first manager is always like somebody who is like well meaning or thinks they know what they're doing and then you have to get rid of them and then there's like a couple of other people who come in going yeah i can help you out and you're just like clueless and you're like no i don't know but that happens a lot like did you guys like to sort of like land on it first time or how did it go i mean we actually did the one thing we we did we've always known as we've always like known what we wanted to happen. Like, I feel like we were like very much putting out in the universe. Like we want to, you know, travel the world and like be in a band. And like, I almost feel like we, that thing that you said, Phil, about like bands breaking in America. I feel like, I mean, breaking in the UK first, I feel like in our mind collectively, like we, we always wanted to go to the UK first because we had, we had heard those stories. And I remember like reading a whole thing about Tom Petty. He also, like broke in the UK first, and so Jimmy. I feel like, huh? And Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, we we just like over here. There's a real, um, there's a real like impetus on finding and breaking new music. Like it's just it's it's in the water over here, and like we loved like finding and and sort of nurturing stuff, and then like it goes on to be bigger, and then you start again. I don't think you have that in a a national capacity not, in America. The, like you've got yeah, it in a town. US you well, can truly feel that like the people in the UK are true music fans it's a bunch of it nerds feels like <laughs> what no. just, just a bunch of music nerds but I like no. it I'm, I'm, I mean <clears throat> listen I'm a self-proclaimed music nerd I'm I'm the same I have like a crazy thirst for for new music and discovering new artists and new bands and I think that when we got to the UK, that was like mirrored in the people that we were meeting. Mm. And it truly felt like it felt really good and felt like home, really. And I think that's why, you know, we toured so much over there because we were having the best time. I mean, <clears throat> and also some of the craziest shows I think we ever played were in the UK. By far. By far. I mean, yeah. Dublin went off. Yeah, it, it does. Like, it does in Ireland. When did went off. When did the U.S. start taking taking you on? Like, how long did like after that? When did the U.S.? Yeah. What is that? What did you say? Sorry. When did the oh, U- U.S. Uh, well, like- we were actually in the U- we were in the U.K. for like a year. I feel like we were like we really did stay in the U.K. for a really long time, 
And then we like collectively were like, oh, we have nothing going on in the U.S. Like we're really well, like. Also, we, we didn't. We it. hadn't. We hadn't signed. Like no one wanted to sign us in the U.S. So we like yeah. signed in the U.K. And nobody wanted to sign us in the U.S. So we were just like, all right, cool. We're gonna stay in the U.K. Stay this. here. This is great. I could. I could live here. I'm down. <laughs> I, I'm down. Um. So yeah, I think we were signed in the U.K. for what? How long before we got signed in the like U.S.? Like a year year and then we went back to the u.s and and got signed but we did like i mean we have like we did like we went around the uk i think like eight or nine times before we got yeah. signed did you fr- did you ever freak out thinking going like this is are, are we just gonna live in london now because like this isn't gonna happen did you ever think that i was, was like best. I here i was did like i don't want to go home <laughs> honestly the only thing that was keeping me home was my parents were there i was like that's, that's the only two people i care about like i'm down yeah. like I'll go back to have my mom and dad, but I want to go right back um, to the UK because we had so it was just so much fun. There was just such an energy still like. Well, and Alana I- and I were trolling for British boyfriends the whole time, so we were we were stoked. We were like, we can stay here. Did that still. work? Did you did did you did you pick up? Did, did- we found some some contenders, um, but uh, <laughs> but it was. I mean, right now, I mean, we were actually supposed to be. We were also, we were before quarantine. We were supposed to be in the UK playing shows before quarantine. Like it honestly breaks my heart that we're not there right now. I wish I wish we could be playing shows over there. Mm. Um, but we will be back. Did, we will be back. Have you we'll ever? Because be like the the music industry still to this day is uh, a rampant men's club. Um, like yeah. I mean, it, it is, and there's there's people trying to make sure you want to get in are you sure you want to you sure you want to get into this yeah yeah i wrote it like i wrote my dissertation i wrote my dissertation when i was 21 on the representation of women in the music media i'm oh you did i'm i'm fighting the good fight um (laughs) yeah but i i just want to know what what like your instances have been with that or if there has been because like some people haven't had that some people have had it really really bad you know, when we were first coming out, it was very much like, you know, first of all, I remember articles, which is so funny now, because what's so great about right now is that there's so many girls playing music and in, in bands. But like, I remember when we were coming out, like there was this first, there was like this, this conversation, like rock music is dead or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> that, rock. yeah, there, I remember that. There yeah. was like so much shit about like rock music is dead, but like these girls play guitar, you know? And it was like, so I remember being like, this is like a lame headline or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just so cool right now that there's so many amazing, you know, there was all, there's always been, I mean, we grew up loving like in the nineties, like Liz fair, you know, like all these alternative girls who played band. Tracy Chapman, like, you know, played guitar. And I think, like, right now it feels like we're in the middle of kind of this, like, amazing resurgence. And it's fucking cool. Like, I fucking love Soccer Mommy and Claro and... I think the thing that we're most excited about in this time, I mean, there was, like, a... Fendra came out with, like, some... Like, a like a study that they were doing that was, that was saying, like, 50% of all new guitar buyers are women, which is fucking incredible. Yeah. It's sick. And yeah, it's just, a, it's a really exciting time and there's a lot of really amazing music coming out and uh, yeah, it's fucking And sick. also just like, just 
obvious shit of like being able to make something that we like, I always talk about like, you know, we write a lot on GarageBand, just like the most obvious shit of like being able to make music like on your computer is so amazing. Cause when, before we had our own like computers with GarageBand on it, we were trying, trying to record music was like, you have to go in a studio with engineers you don't know and like try to knock out an EP in like three hours that you booked and spent all your money on just like shit like that. Where like just the logistics of making music now, it's like amazing. You can plug in a guitar to your computer and like make a sick sounding song. And then like an hour later, go into your car and like, listen to it, you know, like that, the idea of, of that is just amazing. And I feel like a lot of newer artists that I talk to, it's like, it's amazing that they know so much about how to create music and produce music mm-hmm. on their computers, you know, I'm, and I'm, also like learn how to play guitar from YouTube and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You guys have opened for some of the, 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 the incredible people like Rihanna and Taylor and Killers and Mumford and Sons. Like what, what, what is like, how do you take on, how do you make Mumford and Sons fans your fans? Like how do you make, how do you switch I mean, it we up? Were, the thing is, is, we were really lucky. I mean, by the time we came, we, we started actually touring, we had already been playing for seven years and we had already been playing to like two people. So like the fact that there was more than two people, we were stuck. <laughs> I don't like I didn't give a fuck if they liked us or wanted to listen to us or like they were like we're gonna take this time to go to the bathroom like the fact that like two people were more than two people were in the crowd I was like I'm on fucking cloud nine like I don't give a shit I have a half an hour to play music to more than two people let's go yeah Uh, I know we like love opening up for 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 artists I feel like that's like really I feel like we still play when we and on our headlining shows we still play like we're open like we're like trying to get the audience's attention you know i feel like that's it actually i think really helped us as live performers i mean yeah we spent years mentality yeah yeah like i i've i've seen people coming to to see us we're still like are they yeah i still have 100 i still have the fear that like after the opener plays that everyone's gonna leave like i still i still have that fear i'm like they're definitely not here for us so i'm just gonna like it's okay if you're only playing to two people like you've done it before and you can do it again but you do like when when i've seen you play live which is quite a lot of times now um you play with like real hunger like anytime because like you're like swapping around and playing like drums and all sorts of different things and you're just like there's no resting on a laurel there like you're not like going okay like i can just do my bit it's like i'm gonna fill every single time with i'm gonna do something fucking hard here i'm gonna do this and it's just like (laughs) do do you know what i mean it's just like i'm gonna i really have to like show how good we are because you are you're fucking like great players thank Thank you. you but i think that's also the like the time that we have the most fun we get an hour to do whatever the fuck we want on stage you know what i mean like there's no rules when we're on stage we can really do anything you know well, I, I will say that when we started this band we always considered ourselves a live band like before we were you know we could rec- we didn't know how to fucking do anything on record i feel like i'm swearing so much now because you said i could can swear. <laughs> i know now keep really it going bad. i feel like i'm really just getting out all my fucks because you said i could <laughs> um 
No, we were, we always considered ourselves a live band because we really couldn't figure out how to record ourselves. So like, we were always like, we're a live band, we're a live band, we're a live band. And then we, when we figured out how to record, we were still, I think we still consider ourselves as a live band. That's like where touring and, and being on the road and playing shows live has always been our favorite part of being in a band. Cause we never thought we would able ever be half to like, we never thought that it was actually going to like happen. We always thought we were going to always just play in LA and not be able to travel the world like we always wanted to but like it was just a kind of like a pipe dream and so I'd, now I'd still be you know a hostess at the cheesecake factory <laughs> I was uh, I was me and Danielle both worked at uh clothing stores <laughs> Danielle's a Have shoe you ever girl. Been to the cheesecake factory I I definitely I haven't but like I may as well have been over like I'm like I've got a full birthday cake that I got two days ago and it's like there's one slice left of it and there's just me and my my wife who like weighs like seven stone and we've like got pretty much eaten a whole lot of it like i haven't eaten an actual dinner in two days <laughs> you don't need to when you have cake, cake. yeah i'm just like i feel like a big pie um, lord at the yeah. Minute. <laughs> yeah imagine a factory of just that and it's working not, well it's not a fact it's not like actually a fact it's called the it cheesecake factory it's like a Alana, restaurant. it is a factory there's there's literally there's Listen, there's there's like a separate kitchen for just the cheesecake. Just cheesecake. <laughs> Turning out cheesecakes all day, every day. And then there's like the restaurant. And like working there, you know, I was in my 20s. And, you know, bread and soup were free. But cheesecake wasn't. And like, like the most delicious bread you've probably ever had was free. Has there ever been like a, a collab that's like so big that nearly happened but didn't for, for whatever reason? Because I always feel that there's so many collabs out there that almost happen and you never hear about them. I mean, I don't think you're right. I mean, our dream collab, our dream collab was always Prince. Not that yeah. it, that was ever in the book. That was never in the that book. That was never in the books, but... I like I've interviewed Diana Havas and she's done stuff with Prince. Like she was like a, oh, she was a big fan. Yeah, that would been a dream. What like uh, I mean, that would have been a dream. You played with Stevie Nicks, didn't you? Jumped on as he almost jumped on Prince at the Brits, and we and had to hold had, out. had to like push down my shoulders. I think it's even on camera. You can like see me start to get up, and then Dina want literally physically pushing me down. Essie's like the Essie is by far like I mean she I think you are the biggest Prince fan of all time like Essie has tried to has tried to talk to Prince so many Wait, times. Phil, do you know do you know my my like my Prince story about like how many times I've tried to meet him and gotten so close? No, please tell. Okay, so when Prince was doing, he did like how many nights? Like twenty five nights at the Forum. Yeah, I was like twenty five or twenty one. I don't remember. Yeah, I forget. But like a bunch of nights at the forum, my sisters and I went to like a handful. The last one. But the we last went to the last one. One. handful, but this story was the last one. The last show on the docket. And in my mind, I was like, okay, this is it. This is my last chance to just get close to Prince. And we had really shitty seats. Tickets were expensive. And we're watching the show. And at the end of the show, Prince basically is like, I need, I need some ladies on stage. Pick me, pick and me. I hear this. 
I hear this and I hear, I need some Estes on stage. <laughs> That's literally what I heard. I was like, I need Estee Hyam on stage. So I literally, I was already standing up. I was so excited. You know, like in cartoons where like they run really fast and you just see like a pillar of smoke like in the, <laughs> yeah. the lobby. Like that, that was literally Estee. Like I, I looked at her, she was next to me and then I looked back and it was literally just like her shadow in smoke. It was like Roadrunner. So, yeah, literally. Exactly. So I like sprint down the stairs with Danielle. Alana was like, I'm not even going to try. I notoriously have a really bad poker face. Like it's a, it's a running joke in our family that like I notoriously like anytime you're trying to sneak in somewhere or do something that's not supposed to happen, do not bring me. Because like, I, I have a really bad poker face. <laughs> Yeah, Alana. Alana has the look on her face like I'm not supposed to. I'm be not here. supposed to be here. Like, please, please escort me kick, out of this. Kick me out. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be here. So me and Danielle sprint down the stairs. We were literally in the nosebleeds of the forum. Sprint down. I mean, I think what Prince meant was like the people that have floor seats. Please come on stage. Yeah, we were not those people. <laughs> so we sprint down there's a guard and I literally like people were trying to get like trying to get to the floor. I literally, Danielle and I swing from the gate onto the floor. <laughs> so we bypass the guard. We bypass the guard. Great. Incredible. Then we get, then we get to the velvet ropes of like that, like the people that had spent a lot of money to be there. And we're there. Me and Danielle are there. And I'm like, he's like, I can see him like bringing people on stage or whatever. And I'm like, the Estee, like this, like, this is your moment. It's now or never. And Danielle stays back and is just dancing to, I think it was like 1999 was playing. So Danielle's just like standing back and I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to just be down here. I see Esty like trying to figure out where, how to get on stage. Like I see her trying to figure it out. I see her literally put a hand on the stage. Yeah. And there's like a table, like a chair and a table. And she puts her foot on the, like she's trying to hoist herself up onto the fucking stage. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like I know when to quit. I'm like, I know when to quit. I'm just going to be in this, like, really, in this amazing spot. No one's asking me for my tickets. It's like, I'm around a bunch of people that probably spent, like, thousands of dollars to just be, like, at the stage. I know when to quit. Esty, <laughs> go for it. Literally, I see Esty try to holster her up on stage. I see, like, 10 security guards approaching her. By the way... On another note, I have a bird's eye view of everything. <laughs> that must be amazing. I'm That's like, pro- I'm watching everything happen from like the nosebleed suits. I'm like watching Danielle. Like they they both like the all the things that Esty said. I am watching this from the nosebleeds, like being like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I see the ten guards coming to take Esty, and I'm like, it's like watching a horror movie. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, guards, 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 guards. She's not gonna make it. Literally, I see a guard literally push Esty's head off the stage. stage. Esty, like, like, literally falls into, like, four other security guards. Everyone in my section's like, ooh! Everyone's like, oh no! Like, seeing my sister 
like being literally taking taken away. Oh taken my away. god! And everyone's looking at me like, oh my gosh, I wonder who is that girl? Woman's okay. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a psycho isn't she <laughs> what a crazy i was like i have i don't know who that is but i'm and, just, I, and I stayed danielle stayed i'm like walking they're like holding me i'm like escorting me out i'm like looking at danielle like please help me and danielle i literally see danielle and her hands are just in the air like having the best time i don't care i tried to like she was she was having the time of her life as I'm being escorted out of the Prince concert and I'm trying to barter my insulin pump as like collateral to stay in the show, like to stay in the forum. Like I'll give you my insulin pump, like my lifeline, the thing that like keeps me alive. That's you weren't happy. Do, do you feel a strange affinity for people who get thrown out of your shows now because of that? Oh, people that can like sneak in and shit. Like, I'm sure there's people who try to get on the stage or try and get over the barriers or try and grab something off, I off the really stage. Have that problem. I've no, no one's ever really tried to do that. If anything, like I, the thing that makes me so happy is people throw Percy pigs at me because I—that's my favorite candy of all time. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with Percy pigs, and I haven't had a Percy pig in like two years now. We haven't like, been back. Um. But yeah, like you, know, you, know, you know, like our our history of like sneaking into Coachella, right? No. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's a long <laughs> story. It's so it's long. Fun. I'll give you the Cliffs notes. We literally uh, counterfeited. We we've had friends that like if friends had like all access passes to Coachella. I would I would sneak them out. I would sneak out the passes like three or four days before Coachella. I'd go to Kinko's and copy them. And then put them on my wrist and sneak into Coachella. We did that for like seven years. That's that's just that's just genius. Like if you're gonna go to that level to get in to see to the concert, <laughs> then like you deserve to get in thank you i've seen people jump over the fence at festivals in ireland dressed as spider-man getting chased by dogs and and like that's genius uh, yeah like so they can't they can't see their face so like he's dressed as spider-man run like runs around the campsite a couple of times and hides in a camp uh, hides in a tent and then just takes off takes off the spider-man outfit and then voila you well i had we had friends that there's like a, a notorious pizza stand at Coachella called Spicy Pie. And he basically found a Spicy Pie shirt at a thrift store. <laughs> Got a bunch of empty pizza boxes, put on the t-shirt, and was like, I have a delivery. Yeah, that's... Like, I gotta get in there. I gotta get in there. It's I gotta get in here. The pizza swamps. Swamps. The swamps. That's... And they're like, yeah, go in, go in, go in, get in there. Go, go deliver the pie. Like, Dropped off the boxes, took off a shirt, and he was like in Coachella. For that's free. that's a classic. I've heard that one. Like there's a there's a place in Belfast that's just uh, it's just closed down, um, and there's a kitchen in it, but it's also like a, a huge venue, the Mandela Hall, and um, and yeah, you probably you probably played there along on your travels. Um, someone like a friend of mine used to like wear you know those like checkered trousers that you would get if you were a chef, like it'd be a chef's hat. Yes checker trousers and he would he would wear those over his trousers and he would get like two big cartons of milk in both hands and he would just like like we like, just walk up and walk in he would just be to the bouncers just like going 
so I need to get these to the kitchen. He would go Genius. go upstairs, order a vodka, pour the milk into a little bit of a vodka and Kahlua and have himself a little white Russian. Like a white Russian? <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, if you, know, if you look like you know where you're going and you have a purpose, no one is going to stop you. No, no. I mean, I'm not condoning try, like getting arrested and like trying to sneak into shows, but we have done that many a times. Lot. I think a lot of times I feel like now it's actually a lot harder to do it. Like this was like when we were like in high school, I feel like now because like there's like passes with like computers attached to it and shit like Coachella is like, yeah, you a can't do that anymore. You can't do it anymore. It's way harder, but if you can figure it out, I'm down. Um, guys, thank you so much. I can't wait to um, see you again in the flesh when you're I over know, in the UK. I know, we missed you. And, uh, we missed you. Yeah, I just want to, can't, can't wait to come see you live. I, I'll get a ticket. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but like, listen, enjoy yourself, stay safe, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Oh, yeah, look. <laughs> Some yeah exactly I, i've got some sound effects it's gotta happen um guys thank you so much i uh, appreciate that and yeah in, enjoy the rest of your day you too yeah. bye, bye, Phil. bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.